Open their Bibles, Romans 10 is where we're going. 1991, 5th of July was a great day for Jane and I, and a pretty good day for Josh, I suppose, as well, because he was born that day. 1991, 5th of July, he was born, and uh, a young fella came into the world and uh, just blessed Jane and I, was so encouraged uh, when he was born and so on and so forth. Uh, but about two years later, I was driving down the road, uh, minding my own business, and just driving along in the car, had a hold of the steering wheel, and I realized something. You know what I realized? I'm a father. Like, it just hit me, I am a father. And it really shocked me. I won't tell you how long it took me to realize I was married. but Because <laughs> we're having to wipe that off the podcast on the first one because I dug myself in such a deep hole I can't get out of it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you like that. <laughs> you're looking at me like, Pastor Stuart, you're so slow. Uh, how many people sometimes are a bit slow to get it? You, you start to, it's only a man thing. All the girls are going, no, the guys are going, what are we talking about again? I was just in my man box. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, you know, it, sometimes it takes a long while to get something that you really probably could or should have got. Today I want to talk about, and this theme we're doing this month is worship. I want to talk about living worship. And uh, probably the heart of worship uh, is really important. Today I want to talk about strengthening your life for your journey ahead, end time preparation, and kingdom coming preparation. And here it tells us in the book of Romans, in Romans 10, uh, very, very simply in verse 9 and 10, it tells us very simply, Jesus, oh, the Bible uh, talking here, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. It's an amazing thing there if you go back and look at the words there that are, if you confess with your mouth, okay, we've got that bit. It's a little guy under our nose, okay? Mouth, that's where it comes out, that what? That Jesus is Lord over my life. We know that Jesus was a man that walked the earth, died for our sins, and so on and so forth, uh, and, you know, is alive today for us. Uh, and the reality is, here he's saying, if you confess, it's not that Jesus walked the planet, it's whether Jesus and your willingness to make him Lord of your life. So when I invited Jesus into my heart, I wasn't just inviting a concept or a philosophy into my life, or inviting 2,000 years of history or 6,000 years of biblical history, I was really adjusting the reality of me being on the throne of my life, in control of my life, and stepping down and putting Jesus on the throne of my life and saying, He's Lord of my life now, and I'm you know, uh, willing to, to say that to anybody that would ask. And how I got ourselves into that position is not by God, so to speak, forcing himself upon me, but by a voluntary confession of my own mouth that I'm willing to make him Lord of my life. And how important that actually is to be able to do that. What I suppose I learned to do at that point is, whether I realized it or understood it or not, is I learned to bow. I learned to hop off the throne of my life, as I said, and, and many times in your life it's easy for you to try and climb back on the throne of your life and be in control and say, God, you know, I know what I'm doing. You just stand over there and you come to the prayer meeting and I'll be all right. 
Uh, but really, He's wanting to be Lord of your life if you're willing to make Him Lord of your life. And I suppose that has to be a, uh, an aspect, if we look at it today, because one of the strongest words we've talked about that in this series of worship, uh, one of the highest war- forms of worship is to bow down. It's not a slow song. Worship is not the slowest song. I believe the highest form of worship is obedience to God. But in that way, it's to bow down. And how I can do that in so many different ways is choose to put Jesus as Lord of my life, and I choose to bow down my life under Him. And so I can worship Him like that every day I pray, every day I think about Him, every day I want to live like that. I don't have to say anything I can but I'm just choosing to bow down. I'm choosing to put His way above my way. I'm choosing to live a life that chooses to, to bow down, and I want it to be a, a, a role model for other people to be able to do that. And so worship, in a sense, is a form of obedience, but it also goes beyond confession and has an outworking. People can see it, how well we bow down to God or bow down to each other. I want to use myself perhaps as an example where, you know, uh, today, you know, people do, and I don't ask them to do that, but people do, and I don't mind it. People say, Pastor Stuart. Hi, I'm, hi, Pastor Stuart, how are you going today? And things like that. Some people just say, hey, you. Some people say, hey, mate. <laughs> Some people say all sorts of things. Uh, what it does to me is it tells me about the relationship we actually have. I've got a lot of mates, but I've only got one pastor, you know. And I find sometimes how I treat my senior pastor, I treat my senior leadership, is a reflection of me bowing down and worshiping God. Because I know how I would treat them in the flesh, hey, you, (laughs) rather than going in the spirit, the right thing to do is to be able to esteem people to their place of authority. Uh I always say that people in authority are just another person doing their job properly. And so when I, I use the example, when I go down to the college and uh, Mr. Holton would be there and there'd be a lot of children running around or playing or other teachers, he's not Doug there, he's Mr. Holton. When I go down there and uh, Ben might be down there, I don't say, hey, Ben, how you going? I say, Mr. Goodman, how are you today? Uh-huh. Why? Because uh, we, we can talk, hey, Ben, but it's good for those people that see it and it's good for those people that hear it that are around us. To understand there is order and there's honor established in my heart towards these people that are esteemed in a position in the school for the children to understand the pecking order, so to speak, and who's in charge and if there's a need, who do I go to and stuff like that. And and it's very important. If I don't do that, it doesn't tell me anything about Mr. Holton, but it tells me and tells others a lot about me. Is that true? And how we... You know, even call our wife. Oh, she's just the, the the missus or the cook or whatever she is, you know. How we embellish that, I think it's really important. And it's it's brought across, as I say, into the understanding. When we call Jesus Lord, is he just, oh, he's just Jesus? Or is he Lord of my life? And I don't speak casually of that relationship and I don't speak casually of him. I believe, you know, talking about strengthening ourselves for end times and things like that, I believe if we don't plumb to this level of depth, sometimes we can't climb as high as we need to be. It's a bit like people who fasted and prayed for 15, 16 days for the election. Uh, When it came to breaking their fast, 
the food tasted so much better. The moment was so much more significant. Why? Because of the experience they had beforehand. And I don't know about you, but when I grew up, you know, my parents taught me once, <laughs> maybe twice, maybe three times, maybe four times, maybe 500 times that you've got to respect people. And they taught me how to do that. I didn't learn it the first time. I could have, I should have, but I didn't learn it. I had to learn it over time in different situations and different circumstances. When Joshua and Julia were very young, uh, I uh, took them uh, on a bit of a journey explaining in our community who are the most important people in our community. Because when you're a kid, all you get to see is everyone's knees, don't you? You know, you're just small, like, look at the giants. <laughs> but it's really cool to be able to explain to them, who's, who, this is our senior pastor. As a family, this is, this is our senior pastor. And I introduced Josh and, you know, Julia at probably the age of five to our senior pastor, who they'd been sitting under for years. Because I said, this is the man who you listen to. This is a man who you respect. Because I'm not just teaching them to honor him, I'm teaching them respect. Because I know it's not built overnight, but I know it, it's super important to be able to do that. It's a bit like we say uh, as men, you know, uh, men, you don't shake hands with anyone sitting down. As men, we stand up and we shake hands. That's the right thing to do. As young men, I train the young men, the life of our church, when you're shaking hands, you stand up. If you've got a, someone, you know, as young men, and you go, oh, you know, Pastor Stuart, or, or it might be a senior man in our church, I just want to come and meet, you know, I just want you to come and meet my friends. No, 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 no. You bring your friends to the senior person, to the older person, to the adult. You don't have adults running around after children. You'd be able to do that. There's little things like that that I think are so important in, in households that we have this capacity to honor. We have this capacity to respect that goes so deep. It's not just what we do, it's who we are as a people. In our house, um, we have a, a simple rule that we don't always achieve it, but we intend to achieve it, is the cook. Until the cook is sitting down at the table, I say that in the right terms, if the, we don't eat until the cook is sitting down at the table. I don't care if the food goes cold. We are not eating until, respectfully, sits down. Uh, we don't allow it in our family. We've never allowed it in our family. You don't leave the table until you ask permission to leave the table. Oh, well, there's no one else here. There's no one, you know, we don't have to put a show for anyone. No, we don't, but it's just the right thing to do. And it builds manners, but you know what it builds most of all? Self-control. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, having yourself under control. Because as I say, sometimes you don't want to respect people. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, you knew it was the right thing to do, especially after you did the wrong thing. You realize, I need to know what respect is as a person. Uh, Jesus goes on there, and he talks about this attitude when he went into town and into his, his hometown, and they went to pray for people. And it says that, you know, he went in there and he went to pray for people. Now I can believe God can heal people. Uh, he can heal lots of people all at once, and uh, God is very, very good at that. But one of the th two things that it seems to be God employs is faith, and He employs honor. It is a great honor to pray for people, and oftentimes I've found when I've asked people to pray for them, it's it, they've I've had to pull on their honor sometimes. Like, would you like me to pray for you? You know, as a non-Christian, sometimes would you like me to pray for you? And they go, Oh, yeah, that would be okay. I'd I'd really appreciate that. There's honor there. And I believe God can flow. It says there where Jesus went into his hometown, and because he wasn't honored, 
and appreciate it. it only, he only did a few miracles there and then moved on. In one translation, it actually says he chose not to do more miracles. And then he went about the other towns and other places teaching. I wonder what he went around teaching. I think he might have gone around teaching how to honor and how to respect and how to have that depth in your character. Now, we're not here to walk on eggshells and this isn't about me or I'm not having to go at anybody or trying to achieve some great goal. I'm just being able to say when we have this level of respect in our hearts and it's plumbed a depth in our heart, it's a wonderful thing. The Bible even says with honor to young people, and, you know, this is, goes right the way through to, you know, my mum's 92, isn't she, Jane? 92. And I'm amazed that she's lived this long. But then I was thinking about it one day. Why she lived this long is because she honored her parents all the days of their life. Because the Bible says if you learn to honor, you'll have a long, good life. Isn't that amazing? No point in having a long life if it's dodgy, is it? If you learn to honor and put those things in place, you'll have a long, good life. I was only talking to a gentleman at the end of the service, the last service where I preached a similar message. And uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, but he said, Pastor Stuart, your message really hit home today. And I go, why is that? And he said, because the boss did the wrong thing by me this week, and I was going to go in on, on Monday and just blow his head off. And I've realized that wouldn't be respectful or honorable or the right thing to do. So I've decided not to do that after hearing the message today. Praise God for the Word of God, hey. Praise God. You know, the Jews treated people like this. It's an interesting culture in business. The Jews said, you've got to treat your boss like a customer. You know, it's sort of deep, isn't it, when you consider one of the principles of the Jews was the customer's always right. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? But it, it said if you build this sort of culture that you can not, why are you doing this? Because we honor God. And we, because the Bible says we can be meek people, what's the word meek mean? It doesn't mean weak. It means The word meek means having strength under control. Because I know sometimes what we'd like to do, but what we choose to do through what we say and what we do in our actions can bring order into a situation, so much so it can bring a godly order into a situation, so much so that he can do a miracle in a situation. I love that sort of thinking, don't you? to be able to have godly, a godly approach. It's called essentially holy obedience unto God. It's like, I know what I'd like to do, but I do. When Joshua and Julia were young, uh, probably very young, uh, I'd seen a lot of families as a pastor and where siblings argue and squabble and carry on all the time. And I, I just I thought, well, this is nuts. And parents were pulling their hair out and having counseling. I went to our kids and I said, guys, we're not going to do that in our house. We're not going to argue. We're not going to fight. We're not going to squabble. We're going to do what the Bible says we're going to do. We're going to love each other and appreciate each other and encourage each other. And if I catch either one of you for the rest of your life arguing amongst each other, both of you are going to eat vegetables for a week. And all the vegetarians were happy about that. But And, you know, I was very strong with them and very strict with them about it. But you know what? Today they love each other. They appreciate each other, and, and they love their, hopefully love their parents, obviously. <laughs> Still love their parents. <laughs> because, again, I understood not just respect as the father, but I understood the value of respect. 
the value of honor in a home. And, and you know, today, as I said with our prime minister, it, whether you, you know, your team one or whatever it is, it, it's great to be able to find a place of honor in your heart where you can say, I honor this person, I stand behind them because they're my leader, and I want to make sure that, uh, you know, <laughs> by me shooting them down, isn't going to give me a better nation. <laughs> It's not going to make my tomorrows better, but me praying for them and agreeing with them and blessing them in what God's called them to do, I can be able to see maybe my future is bright than I thought it was. And I want to say it up front, Aussies aren't good at this. Aussies Aussies aren't known to be good at honoring people because it's called something else that I won't mention from the pulpit, but it's actually called that, and it doesn't always work. Uh, in, in lots of different ways of tearing people down and pulling them down. And, well, it's only when they do the right thing uh, will I, you know, get behind them. Well, that's not faith. Faith's getting behind people even when they haven't done the right thing. It's believing in them and trusting them and trusting that God is bigger than that. And so, does that help you? So here where Jesus in Mark 6, as I said with that miracle, it brought a God connection it brought context back in that situation where Jesus said, I've got to go about teaching in these villages because I want to teach people how to honor so I can allow more of what I'm wanting to do to flow in the hearts of people. I'd hate to think that I got to heaven and God showed me in some sort of way all the miracles that he wanted to do, but because I couldn't get the honor right in my heart, they never ever happened as much as they wanted to. As I said, Aussies are not good at it. We're wrapping up. Aussies aren't good at it but we can be. People say, I, won't, I wasn't born that way, Pastor Stewart. You know, my mom and dad never taught to me to respect or maybe I didn't listen or whatever it was. But sometimes it doesn't matter when you were, whether you were born that way or not. It's how you're born again. And your new father loves honor. He loves respect. And he loves being able to bring order through those qualities of our character. He loves being able to do that. And so let's be people, let's be people, perhaps we need to do our homework or whatever it is, to make sure that every day we worship God by having a depth of clarity of honor. Not by what we do as much as who we are. It's in us now. We are people of honor and appreciation. I'll say it every time because I really do appreciate it, uh, and I will give honor to where it needs to be. I love the leadership from the Royals Church, no matter where I go, the Royals leadership, right down to the, I say this respectfully, the least of their leadership, right to the very top, always honor me by saying, Pastor Stewart, how are you today? Are you having a good day or whatever? It's exceptional when you hear it coming from a 15-year-old or a 20-year-old or a 50-year-old, whatever age it is. It's exceptional. And I think those people must have been trained incredibly well. I think they must be discipled incredibly well. They are not robots, but they've learned the value of being able to live a life of honor and appreciation and respect, and they've realized the reward of that if they do it that way. I thought I was hearing keyboards playing then. Must have been angels. And so today, this isn't a beat-up. I think it strengthens our life. So when it comes, can I say it again, when it comes to end times and these things happen and we say, no, I've come to know and to believe 
of the Lordship of Jesus Christ over my life. It isn't Jesus on Sunday and swearing on Monday. It's Jesus, you are Lord every day. And when I put you first like that, God, and bow my knee, I'm worshiping you. I choose to put you over my fleshly opinions. I choose to put you over my uh, old mindsets. I let the old man die and the new man live. God, I pray that we'd be a church of respect, a church of honor that made room for Jesus. Be a depth in us. It'd be so natural to us. We'd have fun with it. We'd enjoy it. And we'd enjoy the rewards and the benefits of having it in our home. We'd honor our wives, honor our husbands. Children would honor their parents all the days of their life. Help us, we pray, Lord. Be that sort of place. see miracles flow through our lives, in our families, in our homes, in our city, everywhere. Why? Because it's a sign, it's a wonder that points to you, God, points to your reality, points to your existence. Today, people need a real God that will help them through this time times to come. Thank you, Lord. Even today, those who are sitting beside you, around you, to some degree that must be of some value to you they're sitting around you to not weirdly and I'm not asking you to do anything right now but not weirdly but how do I do this Pastor Stuart just encourage them say really appreciate you mate really appreciate you thanks for being in my life it's great to know you is being able to respect and thank God. Say, God, I just want to thank you for being in my life. God, never let me take you for granted. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you, God, that you went after me when I wasn't really hunting for you. You went after me and you found me. You set me up to win. It's not over yet. 
Thank you, Lord, for your encouragement.